Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Living Hope. We're so glad you're here, both in the building and joining us online. And let's greet each other this morning, if you will, with a greeting that Christians have been using for a very long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you so much. Let's pray for just a moment, shall we? Lord, we are so glad to be here. For some of us, it was, a, it was hard to get here. We probably debated if we should even come. We thought through it a little bit. And Lord, we're so glad that you have drawn us to you this morning. Thank you for being here before anyone arrived, for inviting us into your presence. Father, be with us. You know the techno technological things that have already gone wrong this morning. <laughs> but Lord, you are here and you are in this. And so we are trusting that everything that is said and done this morning will honor you. Be with us. We ask this in your name. Amen. 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 Well, now if you're able and, and are wanting to, please stand and join us as we continue worshiping in music. Good morning. Like Judy said, I'm really glad also that you guys joined us this morning. Separate. Even if I run away, your love never fails. I know I still make mistakes. You have new mercies for me every day. Your love never Your love never fails. Yes, your love never fails. Yes, your love never fails. 
together for my good. You make all things work together for my good. You make all things work together for my good. One more time. You make all things work together for my good. It's your 
as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested in my life began. Oh, your grace so washes over me. You have made me new. Now life begins with you. It's your endless love pouring down on us. You have made us new. Now life Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there be any hurtful way in me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Thank you, Lord. I love you. Glory to your name forever and ever. Thy hand hath provided 
you to pray with me, will you? Heavenly Father, your faithfulness truly, truly is great. Lord, I thank you that you have promised that you will never leave us or forsake us. You have always been faithful. You always will be faithful, regardless of anything we have faced in our lives. Lord, this, this last week I've been reminded of some things that, some hard things that I went through, that we went through as a family. You were there. I didn't always see it. I couldn't always feel you. But Lord, you were working and you were with us. You were redeeming. You were restoring. And Lord, you haven't changed since then and you're not about to anytime soon. And I thank you, Lord, for that. No matter what we're facing, whether it's good things, even those things, Lord, we need you to be faithful in. We thank you, Father, that you are. I thank you for each person here, for every challenge, every victory, every trial, every blessing that they represent, Lord, for all the places that they are in life, for all the places that they are in their journey with you, Lord, I'm so thankful. Father, I ask that you will be with each one of us this morning that we would hear from you this morning. Beyond any technical difficulties, beyond any, any human error, <laughs> that above all, we would hear from you. And I know again that you will be faithful in that. Be with the message that you've given this morning. And we pray all these things, Lord, giving you honor and glory, blessing and praise. And we pray them in your name. Amen and amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. If you would take a moment, if you will, and pass the peace amongst yourselves. I'll never, I'll never get tired of the sound of people visiting with each other. That I'll never get tired of that. I, I love the, the chorus of it that I can hear from up here. It's awesome. Um, just a couple of things. If you are wanting to give this morning, you can do so either by um, getting an envelope at the back and putting your offering in there and dropping it in the, the box, or you can go to livinghope.info slash give. 
Yes. And, um, and if there's something that you need to get to the office, a message, a prayer request, just something that you need the pastoral staff to know about, you can do so by, again, taking a green card by the offering box and dropping that in. Or you can go to livinghope slash info dot info slash connect. Yes, livinghope dot info slash connect. Very good. Um, and that way we get the message. Pastor Rich um, will get them and... Um, contact you if you're wanting contacted. We'll pray for you if you're wanting prayer. Um, whatever it is you need from the, the church office, um, he and we are more than happy to um, do that. Um, I do want to have Sam Fisher come up for just a minute. Um, if you look on your tables, you've got a little placard, and it's, um, it's a little advertisement for games and giving back. And I'm going to have her explain it, because she'll do it much better than I will. So, Thanks, Judy. Um, yeah, we're really excited. We're starting our first Games and Giving Back. It was an idea to bring the youth and adults in the community together and do things offline and give back and love your neighbor. Um, so this is our first. It's going to be the last Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. Um, right here at Living Hope. Uh, it's benefiting Unity Cafe, which happens every Friday here, welcoming neighbors to get together and talk about diverse topics and support each other. Um, games that will be available at Games and Giving Back, are gonna, there's going to be a bingo room. Uh, there's going to be a littles room, so it's games for all ages for adults and littles. Um, there's also going to be a book exchange, so if anybody is interested in bringing new or gently used books, we'll have a table, and um, kiddos can exchange books and walk away with a new story to read. Um, yeah, and we do need volunteers, um, so on your table placards, um, there's a link to register, so we have an idea of about how many people are coming, but there's also a link for volunteers needed. So we have a couple of donation items because we're trying to raise some funds for Unity Cafe in addition to the registration fee of $5, but we also need volunteers to help man the rooms, so or woman the rooms. So <laughs> thank you so much. Um, I hope you can join, and um, thanks, Judy, for letting me speak. Absolutely, thanks. absolutely. Um, just a couple other quick things. Um, we still have our emergency overnight warming center, just a few more weeks, and we still need volunteers. I know we have some folks in, in here that have been very, very faithful in serving um, in this capacity, and we are, we are so grateful for that, so thankful. Um, but we still could use volunteers. I know there's probably a couple of our folks that have been um, very diligent in volunteering that could probably use a break. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, if you wouldn't mind um, volunteering, even if it's just one night for the, the rest of the time that we have the, the warming center open, you can go to livinghope.info slash WC for warming center. Nothing else, just warming center. Um, and then on February 25th, in between services, we are going to have our annual all-church meeting um, it's, it's just going to be very quick, very brief. It's just kind of a state of the church sort of a thing where uh, Rich is just going to share with us, Pastor Rich will share, um, just kind of where things stand uh, financially, where our board is, and those kinds of things. So very quick meeting. We invite all of you to be there. And if you've gone through Living Hope 101 and have become a member of the church, um, We'll all vote on some things, but those votes will be the ones that will determine the outcomes. Um, but we're still interested in knowing uh, where you stand and how you feel about the things that happen at Living Hope. It's, your input is really important, and we, we appreciate it. Well, the last announcement for this morning is that Pastor Rich isn't here, <laughs> in case you didn't notice by now. <laughs> um, it's not a big surprise, right? But he, he is sick at home. 
So I have the opportunity to bring the message this morning. Kind of last minute. That's how it happens when the pastor gets sick, isn't it? But keep Pastor Rich and Stacy and the boys in your prayers for the next few days. Um, it, you know, our, our pastor works hard. And I know we have a whole Pastor Appreciation Month, 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 that was Pastor Appreciation Month, but we appreciate our pastor every day, don't we? Every week. And the, the tireless energy he puts into serving us here at Living Hope. So keep him in prayer. Now, last week, Pastor Rich talked about loving people who are difficult to love. Did he not? And I, I, I found myself relating to what he was saying when he was talking about finding it hard to love people who are mean to his boys. Um, if you've ever heard the term mama bear, yeah, you guys know what mama bear is? Yeah. Well, if you know what that term means, then you'll know how I can get <laughs> when, um, when I think my kids, and now my grandbabies especially, when I think they're being mistreated. Um, it takes a whole lot of the Holy Spirit to keep my mouth shut sometimes um, or to hold me back when I think that someone I care about, someone I love is being mistreated. But God has done a good work in me over the years. He really has. And I am much better <laughs> than I used to be. Um, but what, what, if, what if we find that the person that's difficult for us to love is not just a grouchy neighbor, I won't ask for a show of hands, but we probably all have a grouchy neighbor, don't we? Um, or a pushy parent of another kid on our kids' sports teams. I'm, I'll be honest, I'm glad those days are over for me. Some of those parents, hopefully I wasn't one of them, now that I think about it. <laughs> I really hope I wasn't one of those parents. But, but what, if, what if that person isn't, that's difficult to love isn't just one of those people, but is actually an enemy? Hmm. Um, we're going to look at Matthew 22, 34 to 40, and it's, this has be, become very familiar to us, this passage. So let's read it. It's in your handouts. Let's read it together. It says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with his, this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now this section of Matthew is one we have read several times. At different points throughout our, our time as, you know, as a congregation, as a family together, and it's really pretty simple. We can boil this commandment down to two very simple things. Loving God, loving our neighbors. But what if our neighbors are people that we consider to be enemies? Or maybe not just full-on enemies, you know, people that we would actually fight with, right? But just others that are outside of our we, do you know what I mean by we? The we, we are us, and they are them. And they're on the outside, and we're on the inside. We saw a lot of that happen in the last couple of elections, didn't we? A lot of us and theming, using and theming. i just making up words up here. Um, <clears throat> our culture today really is, is full, rampant with us-them distinctions, right? For instance, we have Democrat, Republican, Liberal, conservative, 
educated, uneducated, blue collar, white collar, rich, poor, worthy, unworthy. We could go on and on and on with these comparisons, with these ussing and themings. And we tend to use these comparisons to, to determine if someone is in or if they're out of our, of our we, our us, right? Um, currently, I'm about halfway through a class that I'm taking. <laughs> halfway through. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but the, the name of this class is Christian Neighboring. So I thought that was a strange name for a class until I got into it, and then I understood. But this last week, one of the discussion posts, it's, if, if you've taken an online class, you'll understand everything's a, a discussion post. It's almost like, I, this, it's almost like posting on Facebook, except there's no like button. I actually have to respond. I can't just like a post and move along. I have to actually respond to their post. But anyway, um, but our discussion post this week that we participated in, it talked about naming people, especially our neighbors, our neighbors that are different from us, the thems in our circles, in our sphere of influence. And the comparisons that I just mentioned, they're part of that naming of others. And depending on which side you find yourself, the other side we sometimes consider enemies. And the lecture for this discussion post focused really primarily on how we, as naturally born U.S. citizens, view immigrants, or people that we assume are immigrants, and how we name them. Um, and that was just the focus of this week's lecture, um, not necessarily the focus for today, but that's part of it. It's not, just that these it's not just these people groups that we do this to, though. Some of the names that we might give to the others or to them in addition to the ones we've mentioned are lazy, dangerous, thugs, scammers, replacements, outsiders. All of these names, and probably others we could think of if we stopped a minute, they're all damaging and dehumanizing to the person or people that we're using them for. It takes them down, down below the level of being human to being less than. So it's easier to hate them. It's easier to not love them because they're our enemies. We see this a lot, okay, I'm, I don't want to, going to be careful. We see this a lot in politics. Now, I'm not going to get political, I promise. But, because it happens on both sides. It happens on both sides. You know, this side over here is saying that these people over here are going to ruin our country if this and this and this happens. But then you step over here and these people are saying, those people are going to ruin our country if this and this and this happens, Right? It's happening on both sides. But each side is dehumanizing the other side. When really, they're all just flawed people, hopefully, hopefully doing their best to lead our country. And we're just going to leave it at that. That's as far as we're going to go with that. But I can't help but wonder if at least part of the reason that we can so easily name others in this way is because we've been named in ways that are similar. Think about it for just a minute. What have you been named? 
And I'm not talking about Judy or Bob or Jill or Sue. I'm talking about names like lazy, worthless, ugly, damaged, ruined, hopeless, a mistake. I've heard some of these very names said to me over the years. And, and by people who were supposed to love me even. <laughs> and for a long time, I believed them. And I, I can't help but believe that this is where we struggle to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Because we don't love ourselves. And why would, would we, with names like the ones I just mentioned, and why would we? Why would we love ourselves if we believe these things about ourselves, if we believe that we are hopeless, if we believe that we are lazy, if we believe that we are worthless, if we believe that we have no voice, if we believe that we have no value in this world, why would we love ourselves? And if we don't love ourselves, how do we love others as ourselves? These are, these are kind of things that I think about trying to go to sleep at night <laughs> that roll around in my brain and keep me awake. But what... But, sorry, I, I don't know what I wrote here. I, I, <laughs> I actually read through this. It made sense at 6 o'clock this morning, I'm just saying. But um, I want to I start to look at the things that God has named you. Okay, God named us, you know that, right? And in Isaiah 43, verses 1 through the first part of verse 3, he tells Israel through the prophet Isaiah, he says this, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. We are his. We belong. 1 John 3, 1 through 3 tells us that we're God's children. We're loved and loved by and beloved of our Father. It says, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and this is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. We are also named seen, and heard. In Genesis 16, 11, and 13, it says, The angel also said to Hagar, You are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, You are the God who sees me. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? God heard and he saw Hagar, the servant girl of Sarah, when she became pregnant with her son Ishmael in an attempt by Abraham and Sarah to use her 
to bring about God's promise for a son for them. God also calls us known. Psalm 139, 1 through 6 says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great to understand. Jeremiah 1.5, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. God has named us valued. Our value to him was so great that in Psalm 139.13, he tells us that you, God, made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. How much value do you have to place in someone to actually form each cell one at a time? God also calls us worthy or worthwhile. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though some might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love to us by sending his son Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. God saw us, each of us, me, (laughs) worthy of sending his son to die for and named us worthy. Now, there's a lot more names that I can think of, like found, as in once I was lost, now I'm found. Um, But redeemed, healed, whole, pure, enough, righteous. We are all of these and more through Christ. Now, I want to pause for just a minute or two and do a little exercise. No, we're not doing jumping jacks, I promise. Promise. What I want you to do, though, is in, in your handout at the bottom... There's not a lot of room, so you don't have, to, don't have to get crazy, okay? But at the bottom, there's a little bit of space on the right-hand side. Draw a line in the middle of that space. There's prob- there should be some pens and pencils on your table. <clears throat> and we'll, we'll take just a, a pause, a moment or two to do this. But on the left hand of this, of this line, I want you to write some of the names that you've been given in your past, maybe not so distant past even. Some of those names that that have hindered you from loving yourself. Just two or three, doesn't have to be a whole, and nobody's checking this, it's just between you you, yourself and God. That's it, unless you want to share, but just two or three that, that come to mind. Now, on the right side of that line, I want you to write down two, three, four, four names that God has whispered to you this morning as I've been. Maybe one of those names is something I said. Maybe it was something else that God has whispered to you over the years. 
But when you're all done, I want you to draw a big X on the left-hand side. Cross those off. Unless they're good. If they're good ones, that's awesome. But those, those names that we have believed, those lies we have believed about ourselves, because they, God didn't tell us those things. X them off. Because you are no longer those names. That is not your name anymore. Not if you are in Christ. Not when you are in Christ. You are who God has shown you who you are. As we begin to understand and believe the things God has named us instead of the things that other people have named us, we begin to understand how to love our neighbors as ourselves. We even begin to understand how to love our enemies. Now, I'm sure that there's at least one person in here who's thinking, there is no way that I can love my enemy or enemies. Hopefully we don't have too many. But there's no way I can love an enemy. It's not possible. Except that we're told by Jesus to do so. <laughs> kind of puts a glitch in that, doesn't it? If we look at Luke 6, 27 and 28, it says, But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who hurt you. Now, I'm kind of taking it a little out of order. Maybe it's a little backwards. But I found that when it comes to loving an enemy, or my enemies, not just Anne, mine, I'm going to, starting out praying for them does help. Because those prayers, they, they may start out ugly. They might sound a little bit like, Lord, make them have a miserable day. Or, Lord, you need to punish them for what they did to me. Lord, <laughs> Give me the strength not to slap them today. <laughs> right? And I hope I'm not the only one that has those kinds of prayers <laughs> starting out. But, um, but as we pray for our enemies, our focus begins to shift. We move away from wanting them punished or slapped by God to asking God to bless them. And when we pray blessings for someone, it alters our view of them as an enemy. It's really, hard, it's really hard to bless someone that you hate at the same time, isn't it? Whew. I mean, if you can do it, kudos, but I can't. I've not figured out a way. And it alters that view until we are doing good to them. This doing good has an active component we're not just passively praying. We're not just passively blessing them in prayer, but we are doing good. And finally, then, we can come to the place where we truly love the person or people that we consider to be our enemies. Sometimes, when that working is done in us, it has an effect on them. Sometimes our enemies never know. Those people never know that we've prayed for them, that we have blessed them, that we are at least desiring their good because they may be an enemy from afar instead of close by, like sitting at the desk at work. You know. or, I mean, let's be honest. Some of them, are, some of them we work with. But, but sometimes when, even if they don't know it, it has an effect on them when we pray this way, when, we, when our, our perspective shifts and alters this way. I remember in my junior year of high school, about 100 years ago, 
Seems like it. Seems like it. Um, there was a girl by the name of Kendra, and Kendra was a senior. And she didn't like me for some reason. And honestly, I found myself not really liking her very much either. <laughs> but one day as we were walking between classes, she decided to let me know just how much she didn't like me. <laughs> because as we crossed paths, she was coming towards me. She grabbed me by the hair, and I had really long hair, like really long hair. She grabbed it by, from behind and proceeded to hit me in the face. And she did so several times before a teacher was able to stop her. And now she went from being someone I didn't like to being my enemy. In full transparency, I'm, I can't say that I really prayed for Kendra. At 16, I was still learning this lesson. I was still learning what it was to follow Jesus and be like him. But I'm very thankful, though, that the Holy Spirit kept my mouth shut about her for the most part. Kept me from saying things to my friends that were damaging and hurtful. But I still was as much her enemy as she was mine. And towards the end of the year, after prom was over, some friends and I were in the commons area where we ate lunch, and we were looking at Polaroids. <laughs> that didn't just date me. I don't know what did. <laughs> we were looking at Polaroids. That's, I, I, although I guess now you can take Polaroids again, can't you? Yes. What goes around comes around. Right? I had a, oh, this is a little sidebar. I, had a, I have a friend that he, he says all the time, same thing, different soundtrack. There's nothing new under the sun, right? It's the same thing, just a different soundtrack. Today's, this soundtrack right now seems to be Taylor Swift, but that's a whole other thing. Anyway. <laughs> I got you, Katie. I got you. That's right. Anyway, we were looking at Polaroids, the old Polaroids, okay, that someone had taken at the dance, and one of them was of Kendra. One of the pictures was. It got passed to me, and I took it, and I made the comment. <laughs> You're probably thinking, oh, no, this is going to be bad. No. I said, Kendra looked really pretty at prom. I loved her dress. And I had a friend who was standing facing me, and suddenly she got this really strange look on her face. And I'm like, what? What, what just happened? She said that Kendra had been walking up behind me. And it, from the look on her face, our encounter was not going to be pleasant. <laughs> but she heard what I said about her. And she stopped dead in her tracks, turned around, and went the other direction. She never bothered me again after that. Now, did we become friends? No, no. We were not friends. But was she my enemy anymore? No. The only explanation for why I, that I have for why I said what I said, why I gave a blessing to my enemy, Kendra, was that the Holy Spirit was speaking through me. Because those would not have been my words if it had been about me. Now, it is true, she did look pretty, and I did love her dress, but the kindness in my words came right from God, not from me. Because at that point in my life, I really had no, little to no understanding of seeing myself through God's eyes. I had little concept of what it meant to love myself just because God loved me. I knew God loved me. I mean, I, since I was little, I'd been singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But his love for me had not yet translated into knowing how to love myself. And it's really only been in the last few years that I have really begun to grasp how God sees me and the names that he's given me.
as I've begun to grasp those, I can't help but see my neighbors differently, my friends differently, my enemies differently. It's become harder for me to other people, to divide them up between us and them. And it's become easier to love my neighbor, no matter who that neighbor might be. And it's loving them as a starting point rather than an end result. (laughs) So our challenge today, and this isn't just a challenge for you. This is a challenge for me. I, I know I've said it before. I never preach a sermon that I haven't, that I'm not currently preaching to myself. <laughs> Our challenge today is to listen to the Holy Spirit as he tells us who we are. As he gives us our names as he sees us. As he's showing us this. As he's showing us how he sees us and, and how he's named us. As he's showing us his love for us. We're then challenged to think of the person or the people that we need to love as much as we love ourselves. Not not a self-indulgent love of ourselves, not a self-centered or, uh, dare I use the word, narcissistic love of ourselves. But the love that, that we that we have for ourselves simply because God loves us, because he sees us, because he knows us, because we are his child, his son or his daughter. And then ask, does it make a difference in how I love them, is how we love the thems as we begin to know that God loves us? I know it has changed how I see people. It is really hard to have thems in my life. We're all just we. We're all we, right? My prayer for you today, my prayer for us today, is in Ephesians 3. Now, it's not in your handout. I apologize. But I want to invite you to close your eyes and listen. This is from the Ephesians, the words of Paul. It says, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. When Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Pray with me, would you? Lord, your love for us truly is so great, beyond what we can understand beyond what we could ever begin to grasp. And yet, Lord, I thank you that this morning you are beginning to do work in us, in each of us, to help us hear the names that you have given us, hear the things that you say to us about ourselves, 
so that we can begin to understand what it is to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Lord, there have been times in our lives, I'm sure, where we have doubted who we are in you. We have doubted who we are in, in the world. We have, we've been hurt by the things that people have said about us and to us. <laughs> Lord, I, I pray that, that your spirit would speak to each heart, to each person as, as you heal those places that have been hurt by the names we've been given and begin to speak into each person so that our default mode of operation, Lord, our default way of seeing people is love, lovingly. That our default way of, of interacting is from a place of love. Our default way of treating people is lovingly. Our default way of loving our neighbor is out of a love that you have for us. Lord, as we as we anticipate coming to your table and partaking of communion, we need to confess, I need to confess that I have not always loved my neighbor as I love myself. Lord, I've not always loved you with all my heart, soul, and mind and strength. Forgive us for that. Forgive us for those places where we have not loved, where we have reacted, Lord, in ways that have been very unchristlike. <laughs> and then empower us, Lord. Give us the strength to say yes to who you have told us we are, to say, to say yes to what you've given us to do, Lord, to say yes to following you, imitating you, being like you as much as we can through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then I ask, Lord, that you would bless this bread and this juice as we, the cup as we partake. Thank you for this reminder of who you are and what you've done for us. For the sacrificial giving of your own life, Father, on a, on a cross so that we can be made right, so that we can be redeemed, so that we can be reconciled to you, Lord. It is a mighty and awesome, overwhelming thing that you have done for us. May we always, always be grateful. Join me, if you will, in praying the Lord's Prayer now. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, as the high saws and David are coming forward to play again, um, I invite you to the table to join us here. Um, if you are able and would like to come forward, we, I'll have bread and the cup here for you to take and take a piece of bread and dip it in. We do have gluten-free wafers if it's something that you need. If you're not comfortable coming forward for any reason, there should be elements at your table that you are welcome to um, partake in. So please join us as the high sauce come.
Let's pray. <laughs> Father, we thank you. We thank you once again for your faithfulness to us. We thank you, Lord, for inviting us here, for being in our presence, and Lord, for speaking to each and every one of us. I pray, Lord, that you go with each and every person throughout this week, whatever they face, whatever challenges they may have, Lord, I know that you are going with them. You are before them and you'll come behind them and you go beside them. May we remember that as we face each day this coming week. And for all that you are going to do in us and through us, we give you all the praise and glory and pray these things in your name. Amen and amen. And now, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.